You all good? You ready? Are you sure? You don't know what's coming yet. Okay, so we're on part three of a series called 21st Century Wisdom. It's probably going to be six weeks, I think, so we're nearly halfway through. And we're looking at what it means as a Christian to be wise in the 21st century. The idea is this, there is so much out there that is claiming to be wise. And I'm not sure society is particularly good at choosing who it endorses as wise. Of course, anyone these days can advertise themselves as an expert and publish their opinions online and unchecked. And so the question we're looking to answer is how do we How do we sift through all of that in the pursuit of true wisdom? And in the few weeks that remain, I thought we'd attempt to to put one or two of the bigger building blocks in place. We couldn't possibly begin to cover all of the detail, look at every nuance or scenario. There's no way we could dissect all the issues and all the agendas but we can look at the foundation. What does God in his word say about wisdom and how it works and where we get it from? So with that in mind, I thought it'd be a good thing to pick out four proverbs and just work our way through them, try to extract a little wisdom about wisdom. And so here's our proverb for today. Are you ready? No great surprise for you biblically learned people. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. The NIV says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here's the message in a nutshell. Fear of the Lord must be the foundation. Fear of the Lord must be the beginning. Where it comes from, where it starts, it must be its source and its inspiration. Which means that your pursuit of wisdom must be built on the fear of the Lord. And if it's rooted on anything else, It will not be wisdom. Psalm 111 verse 10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. I love this one. Isaiah 33, 6. He, he will be the sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Proverbs 15, 33. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. So before we go too much further, we need to quickly define what we mean by the fear of the Lord. The usual definition goes something like this. A reverential awe and respect for God. 
And if I wanted to expand that definition a little bit, it would be this. Uh, fear of the Lord is a deep, strong, weighty reverence and respect for the holiness of God, for the person of the Lord Jesus, and for the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a crucial balance that we must never lose. And it's this. Though we are called into intimacy of fellowship. And of course, we talk about that a lot. We value that a lot. Although we are called into that intimacy of relationship, that does not for one second take away from the awesomeness of God. One who is all-knowing and all-powerful. The one who crafted galaxies with his fingertips. The one who is the ancient of days and the rock of ages and the great I am. I remember Bill Johnson in a message once saying, do not be fooled when it says fear, it means fear. Our God is a consuming fire. He is fearsome and awesome. He will judge heaven and earth. There's a reason that God told Moses to take off his shoes, for wherever he is present is holy ground. Psalm 33, verse 8, Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. Psalm 99, verse 1, The Lord is king. Let the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. There's a nice story, little story that I like from the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in this account, Mrs. Beaver, if you remember Mrs. Beaver, she's preparing Susan and Lucy to meet Aslan the lion. And she said this, make no mistake, if there's Anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then isn't he safe? said Lucy. Safe? said Mrs. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He is the king, I tell you. You see, the fear of the Lord places God Almighty in his proper place. And it puts us rightly in ours. The fear of the Lord gives his word due reverence and authority. The fear of the Lord honors his presence on bended knee. The fear of the Lord defers to God in everything wholly surrendered, unconditionally yielded. And the fear of the Lord dictates what we embrace and what we run from. The fear of the Lord must be the foundation. It must be the source. It must be the origin. It must be the driver. It must be the element upon which wisdom is built and established and tested 
fear of the Lord must be the beginning. Not any other number of other possible things, other different candidates or sources that are pushing themselves forward as wisdom. The fear of the Lord must be the beginning. The beginning of wisdom must not be, number one, the intimidating squeeze of the cultural agendas of the world. It must not be the beginning of your wisdom. Your emotions must not be the beginning of your wisdom. The fear of man must not be the beginning of your wisdom. Self-preservation must not be the beginning, the foundation of your wisdom. I want to spend just a couple of minutes looking at each one of those as we slowly kind of tease this out. Number one, that the culturally intimidating squeeze of the cultural agendas of the world must not be the foundation of your wisdom. I would suggest it's the foundation of quite a lot of the wisdom that is purporting to be wise out there. Here's the line. The cultural squeeze is not and will not and cannot and must not be the foundation of wisdom from above. It doesn't matter how loud it shouts. It doesn't matter how intimidating its advocates doesn't matter how strongly the agenda is driven on your TV shows. If the fear of the Lord is not the root, it will not be real wisdom. It will not be James 3, wisdom from above. It will be wisdom from somewhere else. And quite possibly wisdom from below. It works like this. Anything claiming to be wisdom will inevitably reflect the root from which it grows. The initial seed, the, the initial source. Much worldly wisdom is, quite frankly, upside down because it comes from a different source and it is aiming for a different target. Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Isaiah 33, verse 6 again. He will be the sure foundation for your times. God knows what's going on in our times. He knows that his, the fear of the Lord must be the foundation in everything that's going on and is stirring right now. Rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So that cannot be the foundation of your wisdom. The second thing that cannot be the foundation of your wisdom is, is your emotions. You see, your moods and your emotions are an unreliable source of wisdom. Why? Because they are changeable and they can be fickle and unpredictable. Your emotions on your moods can be adversely affected by challenging circumstances, by tiredness, by past experiences, by, by raw wounds. Lines like this, I did that before and it hurt. So I just don't do it anymore. All this, I loved, blessed and prayed for my enemy last time and it backfired. So I just don't do that anymore. All this, I prayed about that before and nothing changed. So I've given up. And if the foundation is, is past experience, 
if it is the whim of emotion, if it is hurt or offense, it will not lead you into wisdom from above. Why? Because the fear of the Lord and that alone is the beginning of wisdom. The third thing that, that cannot, must not, should not, will not, is not the source, the foundation, the beginning of wisdom from above is the fear of man, number three. Proverbs tells us that the fear of man is a snare. It leads you into bondage. Actually, it opposes and countermands the fear of the Lord. And the fear of man will not lead you into wisdom. You see, wisdom will almost certainly not be found in the path of least resistance. It will almost certainly not be found in behavior that avoids rejection at all costs or, or the choice that feeds my approval addiction. Why? Because those are simply the wrong foundation. And then fourthly, it will not be found in self-preservation. It goes something like this. I just do what I need to survive based on the issues and constraints I am currently dealing with. Based on the, the walls that I built. Based on the masks that I wear. The, the defense mechanisms that I've learned. That is the basis. If that is the basis and the foundation and the source from which I make my decisions and I draw my inspiration and attempt to guard my heart, that is the wrong foundation. The foundation that chooses what serves me best, that, that protects me best, that promotes me. You see, that root will produce a certain fruit, but it will not be wisdom from above. Because self-preservation is not the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It must be the source. It must be the root. It must be the foundation. The bottom line is, if you haven't got it already, your pursuit of wisdom must be founded on the fear of the Lord. And if it's based on anything else, it will not be wisdom. All of which means that the fear of the Lord should be, should become a top priority in your life. Now, they say that the best way to recognize a counterfeit is to be completely familiar with the real thing. And if those various influences are not the foundation of wisdom from above, let's spend a bit of time looking at what is. How do we make sure we have the right foundation? Well, I'm going to look at, we're going to look at three aspects of the fear of the Lord that, that will help us with that. We'll probably spend about five minutes on each. The first one is fear of the Lord trembles at his word. Number two is the fear of the Lord shuns evil. And number three is the fear of the Lord does not grieve or resist the Holy Spirit. Number one, the fear of the Lord, the foundation of your wisdom, trembles at his word. Isaiah 66, 2. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble 
at my word. Psalm 119, 161. Powerful people harass me without cause, but my heart trembles only at your word. Proverbs 18, 14. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into When you read strong scripture, does a shudder of the awe of God ripple down your backbone? When you read a clear command or imperative of scripture, do you fall to your knees and say, yes, Lord? Is the word convicting you deeply? Is it inspiring you compellingly? Is it leading you demonstrably? Colossians 3 verse 16, New Testament says that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Here's the question. What is your relationship with the word? Is it apathetic, and passive, and reluctant? Or is it dynamic, and habitual, and life-giving? Do you hold it tightly? Does it hold you tightly? It is a big old statement for you. It is impossible to have a strong, close, passionate relationship with the Lord unless you have a strong, close, passionate relationship with his word. It's impossible unless. And in the context that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, if the thing masquerading as wisdom claims to be wisdom, test it against the word. And if it opposes the word, reject it. And if it's unscriptural or contradictory or dissenting or sacrilegious, call it what it is, which is foolishness. So number one, the fear of the Lord trembles at his word. Number two, the fear of the Lord shuns evil. Proverbs 3 verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs 18, 13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. See, wisdom begins in a place that shuns evil, that runs from it, that slams the door to it. Because the fear of the Lord sees sin for what it really is. And hopefully it goes without saying that there is no wisdom in sin. There's no wisdom in unbelief or pride or lust or greed or immorality. In fact, we have another word for that stuff. Foolishness. Proverbs 10.23, doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. But wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. 18, to a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Anyone only fools like that? Proverbs 26, 11, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. 
And then, of course, Matthew 7, 26, the words of Jesus. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The verse that sums it up for me, 1 Thessalonians 5, 22 says, stay away, NIV, says stay away from every kind of evil. Just stay away. King James, abstain from all appearance of evil. The message says throw out anything tainted with evil. The point being, if it looks and sounds and smells and acts like evil, run, run. Don't entertain it. Don't humor it. Instead, slam the door firmly shut. Reject it and disqualify it and run as fast as your legs will carry you. Do you know what? In doing so, you remove major obstacles to accessing God's wisdom. And here's the, the angel of light masquerading part that we've been looking at. That the God of this world you know who he is. You can boo if you like. The God of this world is working over time to redefine evil, to misrepresent evil, to soften and even recast evil as good. Why? So you're no longer shunning it or running from it as you once did. Now, now darkness is being recast as light and vice versa. It's routinely appearing on your TV screens. It's appealing to you on your social media feeds. And the danger is you become seared. You become, as we saw last week, conformed such that it no longer offends or troubles you as it once did. Here's the danger. It's a danger for you personally. It's a danger within the church too. And the danger is a slow and subtle and demonic drift away from the fear of the Lord. And if that happens, you wonder why wisdom from above is elusive. Why? Because the further you get from the fear of the Lord, the less you will see through God's eyes the last couple of weeks. The less you will see through God's eyes and the more vulnerable you will become to folly and seduction and deception. So the fear of the Lord shuns evil. Thirdly, we're nearly there. The fear of the Lord does not grieve or resist the Holy Spirit. We know, don't we? We understand that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. If you are going to get wisdom, that is where and how and from whom it is going to come. So we must cultivate that fellowship, that relationship, that dialogue to that end. And do not do anything that closes the door or hardens the heart or restricts. Holy Spirit's influence. Great verse, Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the Spirit. 
Acts 7.51. This was Stephen. He said, you stiff-necked, it's quoted from the Old Testament, actually. You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You were just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You see, problems come where, number one, you ignore him. You know what the word says. You know full well what the word says. But you do the opposite anyway. Problems come, number two, when we resist him. You know the old saying, no one yet has fought with God and won. And you won't be the first. So don't be stubborn and stiff-necked and resistant. And number three, problems come when we grieve him. When we ignore that, that, that inner voice of conviction and choose the path of unholiness. You see, if you do any of that, you are intentionally turning your back on the spirit of wisdom. If your actions or your responses or your attitudes are pulling you away from the leading and convicting and fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you are walking away from wisdom. Every time you ignore or resist the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you are taking a step off the rock and onto the sand. Quite simply, the deeper you cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the wiser you will become. The Holy Spirit that hovers. The Holy Spirit that indwells and abides. The Holy Spirit that speaks and warns and convicts. The Holy Spirit that leads you into green pastures beside still waters. The one who anoints your head with oil till your cup runs over. He is the source of wisdom. The wisdom that you need in the moment. The wisdom that leads you towards his word. The wisdom that warns you about error and deception and danger. The wisdom that steers you away from evil. And the wisdom that enables you to see what God sees. That comes from the depth of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that relationship must be founded on the fear of the Lord. That reverential awe that deep honor, even trembling, that sensitivity and an openness, an obedience and a willingness. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, is the foundation. It is key to all the treasures of heavenly wisdom. And you know, today will be a great day to consider whether the fear of the Lord is a defining characteristic of your life. Final summary thought, and then we'll go into response. You know, a really good test for wisdom is what is its foundation? From, from, from where did it originate? What's its root? From what seed? Has it come from the fear of the Lord? Has it come from one of those other possible sources? You know, the spirit of the world or, or our negative emotions or, 
or the fear of man or self-preservation? How does it fit through the filters of God's word and God's character? Does it, does it threaten your fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Or does it nourish it? And you know what, if you can discern that, you're in a much better position to decide whether it's wisdom from above or something altogether different. Amen. You're looking very serious. Good. This is the fear of the Lord. All in respect. Invite the worship team. They wouldn't mind to come forward. And um, I'm going to give you three possible responses um, this morning. They won't come as any great surprise if, if you've been listening. But uh, three questions for you to ask yourself this morning. Three questions perhaps to take to the Lord as the worship team sing over us in just a moment. Question number one. Do you tremble at God's word? Does your relationship with his word need to be recast or sharpened or reinvigorated? Does, does God's word have high enough priority in your life, in your thinking, in your decision-making? I'd encourage you to ask that question this morning. Do you tremble at his word? See what he has to say to you about that. Question number two, comes no great surprises. Do you shun evil? Is a challenging question for you. If you are honest, have you allowed your fear of the Lord perhaps to slip a little bit? We talked about that drift. What about your humor? What about your language? What about your viewing? Do you, do you run from the ungodly and the unholy? Does your worship reflect holy fear? So challenge question number two, do you shun evil? Again, just invite the Holy Spirit just to speak into that, maybe give you a nudge, a little poke, a little redirect if necessary. And then question number three, related really, is are you aware of the dove on your shoulder. We understand, don't we, that the dove is one of the biblical metaphors for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you aware of the dove on your shoulder? Are you careful not to offend him or startle him? Are you ever aware of his presence? Does he have authority in your life? Is he your wisdom discerner? I think this is a really helpful picture that you can take into the week. The Holy Spirit, the dove, the pure, peaceable, precious, holy one is sitting upon your shoulder. Are you aware that he is there? And are you careful in your conduct not to startle or offend him? And trust me, if you are walking in the fear of the Lord, that will be a very strong 
Okay, so there's three questions to take before the Lord. What we're going to do, as always, is the worship team will lead us. Over in this corner over here, we will have a prayer ministry team that will happily pray for you, with you, for anything, whether it's related to the message this morning or something that's troubling you or, or you need healing in your body or you've got an important something rather coming up. They would love to pray and prophesy and speak the promise of God over you somewhere over here. If you'd like to respond to the call this morning into the fear of the Lord, which I think is a, a personal call, and I think it's a corporate call, when we spent some time as a leadership team praying and just pondering where we thought, felt God was taking us recently, we really had a sense that, that as that pendulum swings, it was a time if we want to see the more of the Lord, we need to have more of the fear of the Lord. That was a strong sense we had. And that's in part why this word this morning. So if you want to do business with God, please feel free to come over this side and get on your knees and pray some big, bold prayers and invite him in and consecrate and sanctify and all those wonderful things that we all need to do. That's the call. I'll hand back over to the worship team. And then in a minute, she will come up and she will pray and pray over you and wrap up the service. Let's stand.